everyone and welcome to today's episode of the Impactful Authenticity Podcast. My name is Lucy and I'm really excited to welcome Danny Covey on the show. Danny has faced many, many battles in his life. He has undergone eight heart surgeries and has nearly died on the operating table three times. But he was also repeatedly told that he would never physically excel. And after much blood, sweat, tears, and prayer, he's managed to fulfill an unimaginable childhood dream, which we're going to hear all about. But just the fact that he is alive and well and has achieved so many things that people thought were going to be impossible is such an amazing story. And I've been privileged to hear just a small piece piece of that before we do the recording. And I really can't wait to learn so much from Danny's story. So with that, Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, it's so lovely to have you. So maybe for the listeners who maybe don't know so much about you, do you want to just share a little bit about kind of what your story is? Absolutely. Um, the really short version, I'm the husband to one fantabulous wife, I'm the father uh, of three kids, and I'm also the survivor of eight heart surgeries. And just to give people a, maybe a little bit of understanding of what that has entailed, uh, I got to share a little bit of my backstory. So I have had eight heart surgeries. Four of those have been open heart. Wow. Um, my first surgery was at 14 months old. Then again, at 18 months, I had a surgery at eight, which was open heart. Another surgery at 12. Another open uh, open heart surgery at 14. And then my most recent one was at age 40. So um, I kind of joke growing up, I never knew my gym teacher. Um, (laughs) I wasn't that kid. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think most people don't want to know their gym teacher at school. So they were probably a little bit envious in some ways there, Danny, but carry on. Yeah, so I I never knew him or her. And um, I wasn't that kid on the field that got picked last. I just wasn't even on the field. And so uh, growing up, um, I I would watch Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan on TV, and I was captivated. I always wanted to mm-hmm. do something like that, but it was an impossible dream. Mm-hmm. And after my uh, third open heart surgery, I had a mechanical valve put in my heart. Wow. And suddenly, my health improved. And suddenly, I'm looking around saying, hey, I can actually try different things. So it was terrifying for my parents. It was exhilarating for me. (laughs) So as a teen, I got into um, karate and martial arts, and I started testing my limits, finding my limits, and pushing my limits. And Mm. it cut to life happens. I got married. I, I got out of that. I had children. And then in my mid-30s, I thought, I want to get back into this. And that that drive, that desire was still there. So I jumped back into it until I hit 40. I was doing a martial art called jiu-jitsu. Uh-huh. And at 40, um, I noticed it started to get very difficult again. 
Um, I had my heart checked and my aortic arch had enlarged drastically. So I had uh, surgery in 2017 and my aortic arch actually burst uh, when they did the operation. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if your listeners uh, know about this, but when your aortic arch bursts, you, you don't come back from that. So it truly mm-hmm. is a miracle that I'm here. And it's a miracle as well that 20 months after my surgery, I earned my black belt in jiu-jitsu. Oh, hopefully people can hear me clapping. That's amazing. Wow. So that's, that's, that's the quick version. That is incredible. And I'm really curious to sort of maybe dig into, if you can remember sort of what it was like as a child when that was all kind of happening. And I guess kind of what maybe you were expecting from your life and what you wanted to be. And I guess kind of how that, again, back to the name of the podcast, the kind of impactful and the authenticity part, how that kind of influenced what you thought you, you know, you were going to be capable of in your life and then how that is different or not to kind of how things actually turned up maybe more in your 20s and 30s before you had your kind of that final surgery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Growing up, um, I hate to say it, Surgery was what I knew. It was all I knew. Between 1985 and 1990, I've had five heart surgeries in five years. Mm. So I, I kind of grew up. It was, I hate to say it was just normal. It was, I didn't like it. um, But it was, it was what was normal to me until I hit 13 when my health drastically improved and I was able to do more. So I just, as a kid, I accepted it. Um, and I can honestly yeah. say this, um, and this this may be something to tie into like how to live authentically, is I never asked why. Wow. Because I knew you'll never know why. Yeah, yeah. Even as a grown man, even as a kid, I don't know why these things happen. But I always thought, what, what can I learn from this? Mm. Because in everything that, at least that I've been through, everything that people will face, there's a lesson to be learned. There's growth that happens. So I've really tried to stick to, all right, I've had these eight heart surgeries. What can I learn from it? How can I Mm. grow? And what are some of those kind of biggest lessons that you felt you've learned through that? And again, has that kind of changed over time? Yeah, lessons learned. Um, don't take no for an answer. Oh, I've, okay. I've had uh, teams of cardiologists and doctors look at me and say, you can't do martial arts. You can't do physical things. It's going to strain your heart. And not that I don't listen to them, mm-hmm. but um, I, I push back and say, well, if I did, what would that look like? And so mm. after now years of doing physical things and pushing myself and pushing my limits, they say, wow, your heart's actually stronger from doing these things. So I, I have a phrase I like to say where I, I encourage people to risk responsibly. <laughs> I love it. Don't be safe because uh, there's no growth yeah. in safety. There's no satisfaction. No. You have to 
risk, but be 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 smart about it, and mm. really push. Don't ask for permission. It's better to ask for forgiveness after you've done it. And that's kind of um, how I looked at things. You just have to be um, stubborn about your goals, but flexible about your methods. Yeah, I love that. And um, I loved that part that you said kind of right at the beginning of that piece of, you know, sort of being able to, yeah, just kind of not necessarily take no for an answer, but understanding kind of, well, what, like, what could I do? What are the possibilities that could be there? Because I think so often sometimes when we hear a, a no, there's sometimes a bit of a reluctance to kind of ask the follow-on questions of, well, what is possible or what else could be done or, you know, yeah. what would what would be needed to change this situation around? So um, love to hear that. That's so um, interesting. And I'm curious because you said about your, your three children. So have you noticed sort of the, some of those lessons you're now kind of bringing and applying and, and how they think about sort of their sort of life trajectory oh they, my kids have seen me go through very hard things and they've seen me not take no for an answer they've seen me you know when I could barely walk and they mm. would help help me out of bed because I couldn't sit up to now like my son and I go mountain biking together oh wow so what I think the biggest area where I've seen that with my kids my oldest son was, um, he's 19 now. He was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes last year. And as a parent, that was very difficult. But his attitude in that, he, within a few months, he got everything figured out. He's taken charge of his health. And I asked mm -hmm. him about it. I said, you don't seem that upset about this. If it was me, you know, it'd be... Yeah, I, I, I'd find it hard. And he says, what's the point? He said, yeah. this, this happened. The sooner I accept it, the sooner I can take charge of it and move on. Wow. So well, a very a, grown up 19 year old. Yeah. And as a parent, I'm like, wow, that's if if they've learned that from me or they've learned that elsewhere, that's amazing. And it, it meant a lot to me as a dad just to hear him and see him take responsibility like that. Yeah. And did that experience um, create a kind of slightly different view or perspective for you with your own parents? Because I think as you were telling me your story, and I've got a three-year-old son, I was just kind of trying to think, gosh, imagine what that must be like as a parent, kind of going through and seeing that and how you think about supporting your child who probably wants to be out and doing all these amazing things and running around with all their friends who are doing that. And, and it's kind of, you're having to sort of hold them back potentially because you're so maybe scared or nervous of what might come from it. But at the same time, you know, you need, you know, people here to live an amazing life and you want them to be able to do whatever they possibly can. So yeah, I'm just wondering if it kind of just, having now had that sort of reversal of seeing this experience with your son, if it's changed at all kind of how you felt felt or reflected on kind of maybe the journey your parents made. Well, you, you've hit the nail on the head because, um, you know, I grew up with scars on my body. I didn't know how they got there. And my parents would tell me the, the stories 
Mm. And for me growing up, it was just, you're going to the hospital, you're going to face this next surgery. I would say it was, it was just pain. It was just going through these things, um, surgery, recovery, better for a while, surgery, recovery. And so that's, that's what it was like for me just to go through this and say, all right, there's another wave coming, brace for it, recover from it. As a dad, different story altogether. For mm. the first time, uh, especially once I had kids, and I saw, I don't know how my parents did this. Mm. I would be the patient 100 times out of 100 times rather than see one of my kids go through what I had to go through. Mm. And so that's kind of the, the arc of, you know, just going through surgeries over a 40-year period is as a kid, you face it. As an adult, I'll take it any day. Just don't let my children go through something like this. Yeah. And I will say this. Very, very strong parents. Well, I was just going to say my parents, um, they have faith. They have faith in God. And their attitude was, we don't know the outcome. We don't know what's going to happen. We're going to do our best. We're going to trust that you'll recover. And it it kind of shocks me looking back now. They were not helicopter parents. They didn't <laughs> hyper-protect. They didn't step in and manage every area of my life. Yes, there were things I couldn't do. Yes, they were protective. But they gave me a lot of autonomy. Mm. So when I was in my teens and I wanted to do martial arts, their first reaction is, why would you want to do that? Yes. And it was this this test where they said, okay, you can do it, but you cannot spar. You cannot take hard blows to the body. Yeah. Okay. So I started pushing other ways quietly, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I have a, a deep respect for my parents that I don't think I would have had otherwise. And it's also, there's a lot of the normal childhood teenage angst that you face. I never doubted that my parents had my best interest because they've always walked with me through difficult seasons. Mm. And I know even if we didn't always agree, they always had my best interest at heart. So much resilience. I think both listening to that story from yourself and from, from them. So thank you. Yeah. Just thank you so much. And so lovely to hear then about you now having your black belt. So I'm assuming that after this crazy last surgery and, you know, what happened and it it sounded like that was kind of a touch and go scenario. Mm -hmm. Was there ever a doubt in your mind that you were going to suddenly go back into martial arts? It feels like that's something that's kind of core to who you are. But 20 months, I think you said that that feels like not a very long time, but I don't know if you were like super close to the black belt before then anyway. So yeah, maybe should... you just needed like a month's training and then you were done. <laughs> no, I should qualify. Um, I had been training martial arts for several years. I was at my brown belt, almost black belt. Okay. And then I had so... surgery. And a few weeks after I'd had surgery, I remember part of as part of my cardiac rehab, I had to walk every day. My mm. first walk, I went outside for four minutes. I walked and I came back in and took a two-hour nap. Wow. There was a few weeks later where it's just picture this scenario. I'm on this trail. I'm shuffling. I'm hunched over because my chest hurts. 
And I'm just thinking, how am I ever going to get back into martial arts? And then it starts raining and it's cold. And I just, I was feeling sorry for myself because I thought this is, this is ridiculous. It's impossible. Mm. But those four minute walks turned into an hour walk, turned into a two hour walk. My posture got better. My chest healed. And suddenly I thought, maybe I can ease back into this. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, it was just baby steps. It was just one step. What can I do today that I couldn't do yesterday? And that's Mm -hmm. really how you, that's, I mean, it's like a baby. You go from walking to, you know, so it's, it's been a a journey, but yeah, there were, there were some difficult times where I thought, I don't know how, but I can Mm -hmm. do this much today. I can do a small amount today. Mm, I really, really love that sentence that you just said, like, what can I do today that I couldn't do yesterday? Because I think everyone, no matter what their situation and scenario is, can absolutely think and apply how that could like live. Because I, I'm just thinking about myself today. I'm thinking, I don't think I pushed myself today. And having had this conversation now with you, Danny, I need to go out and do something this <laughs> afternoon that's like, right, what could I do that I didn't necessarily think would potentially be possible? And as you say, like those small incremental steps suddenly just, you know, the same, you put put your penny in the uh, in the bank and eventually you'll be hopefully a millionaire. So that's yeah. great. And just touching maybe back on that sort of authenticity part we spoke about right at the beginning. Have you felt at all that this experience has changed how you've sort of approached your authenticity in practice, whether that be through work or through life generally? Yes, I would say very strongly in two ways. Number one, be grateful. Mm. So I didn't always have good health, but I was always grateful for what I had because I met other children whose health and whose situations were way worse than mine. Mm. So even when I'm feeling sorry for myself, what, what can I be grateful for? Hey, I walked today. I'm miserable, but I walked today. Mm. And then... I think the other area, when you focus on gratitude, you're not a victim. Yeah. You're a victor. And then part two of that, I would say just very simply, is just embrace what scares you. Mm. My rule of thumb now, if there's a a work project that is big, that my initial reaction is, I don't know if I can do this. The second voice says, you absolutely have to do this. Oh, if it represents something that scares me or it's a challenge that I may want to shrink away from, that's kind of my cue. Why are you why are you shrinking? Why are you scared? Maybe you need to like run full tilt into this because there's a growth opportunity. Again, it's that what is this teaching me? Mm. Yeah. I really, really love both of those. And I think it's it's something that I think a lot of people struggle with sometimes and it's you know amazing to hear you kind of talk about it like that because I'm certainly feeling inspired myself in terms of like what where am I not maybe pushing myself or what am I a bit scared by that I'm just kind of leaving there on the side to just think oh but um, I, I completely agree that like you have to, I mean, I've always say to anyone, like if you go for a job and you're not scared by it, you should say no to that job. Like it just shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't bother with those sorts of things. It's, it needs to be scary. It doesn't necessarily need to be 
a harder job. It just needs to be something that's a little bit different to what you've done before, but we will see. Um, And so maybe with that, we can just touch on the challenge of the week for the listeners. Is there something we've talked about lots of things, but would love to know, is there a specific challenge that you think we could all have a go at this week? Oh, yes. Do something that scares you this week. If there's something that you're procrastinating or something you don't want to do, do it. Um, Picasso had a quote. I don't know. I don't remember exactly, but he said, when that voice inside you tells you you can't paint, pick up mm. a brush and paint because that'll quiet that voice. And I love that because, hey, there's stuff this week I don't want to do, but if I do it, I grow past it. And then mm. every day, maybe you're getting into bed or you're reflecting, what are you grateful for today? Name three things. Mm. Do that for a week. Do that for a month. It'll change the way you look at things. Yeah. I need to get back to my gratitude practice. I used to be really, really good with it. And I've got to say, I've fallen off the curve over the last few weeks. And it's always those things. It's it's the times when you actually need it that you kind of seem to drop it. I don't know what it is about the mental thing that I, I find. Yeah. with it. But anyway, you have reminded me I need to pick up my pen and paper and get back on with that. You've right. got homework to do now. <laughs> I have homework to do every week. It's fine with this with this podcast. I, if I don't do the challenges, then I can't expect others to do. But um, but no, I, I love both of those. So that's that's good, and it's helped me kick restart my um, gratitude practice. And how about a song, Danny? Is there a song that has a meaning to you? There is. And I'm not going to sing it, but uh, basically, I'm going to credit my oldest son. Okay. He got me into rap. And oh, right. one artist in particular, okay. and the artist is NF. And no NF idea. dropped, he's worth looking up. There's some more homework for okay. you. But yeah. NF dropped, <laughs> in, he dropped a new song and album called Hope. And there were several lines in that song that really resonated with me. And so I'll just read them. I will not sing them. Okay. But he says in the song, what's my definition of success? Listening to what your heart says, creating something else, no one or creating something no one else can, being brave enough to dream big, grinding when you're told to just quit. It's a person mm. that'll take a chance on something they were told could never happen. A person that sees the bright side to the dark times when there ain't one. And when you hear that song with those lyrics, that's hope. That's why you get up and do the things that you do. Gosh, I absolutely love it when it's a song or an artist, but usually it's both. I don't know. That's the reason for asking the the questions to help um, increase the diversity of the music I listen to. I'm so excited to go and give that a go tonight as well. So I have so much homework, Danny. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're never going to have me back on again. You're like, this guy is too much work. It's fine. I, I want the homework. It's good. It's I, I'm here to grow and learn as well as everyone else who's listening, hopefully. So um yeah, I, I always super, super appreciate that. And uh, curious to know now if you've got a newfound love of rap or is it just this one artist particularly? 
I just have to say, it's just this one guy. Because he's so atypical, he's very different. Um, The things that he raps about and talks about are self-improvement. It's a it's a focus on faith. It's 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 mm. it's unique, very unique. Interesting. I have to see if I can get him on the podcast about his authenticity for rapping in a slightly different way. So we'll see. <laughs> it's probably unlikely, but we never know. I can always aim high. But um, is there any final thing, Danny, you want to say before we wrap up? Um, just just kind of what we've touched on. Life is unpredictable, and face it face what scares you be grateful um i actually have a book coming out later this summer that i've written about my open heart journey as i like to call it and so um, i'm excited about that it'll be coming out soon and yeah if people want to find me i'm easily findable on social media and i have a website dannycovey.com fabulous well i will make sure i usually add all of the links I can possibly find for anybody within the show notes. So I'll make sure your website's there. Any of the social medias that I can get my hands on, I will also include. So if people want to follow you, they know exactly where to go. But thank you so much for sharing that story. You've also made me want to go and watch a martial arts film this evening, which is not also (laughs) one of the things that I'm typically into. Um, but I need to get more into it because my son is obsessed and we've been trying to figure out where, how old you can be before you can join the local club and it's four and a half. So he's got another year and a bit to go, but um, I will definitely be get him, getting him when he's old enough to follow and track you because it's such a lovely, uplifting and inspirational story with so many wonderful nuggets of insights to share. So just, yeah, a big, big thanks, Danny, for for coming on the show and really good luck with the, the book. And for everybody listening, I hope you enjoyed the story and the content today. As always, you can hit subscribe, follow, share if you've enjoyed the content. And I look forward to sharing some more stories with you next week. And as always, remember, authenticity is a continual journey. Small steps can make a big impact. Take care.